Joseph R. Stewart, March 14, 1962-, October 7, 2018. I would like to read the poem, The Dash, by Linda Ellis to explain the dash. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came from the date of birth and spoke of the following date with tears, but said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For the dash represents all the time they spent alive on earth, and now only those who loved them know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is at most how we've lived and loved and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things that you'd like to change? If you never know how much time is left on that, and still that can be rearranged. To be less quick to anger, to show appreciation more, and to love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering that that special dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is read with your life's actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how lived your dash? Joe was born at St. John's Hospital in Anderson, Indiana to Chris and Joseph Stewart. Joe grew up in Chesterfield, Indiana. His father was an Air Force veteran in World War II. Joe's father, Joseph, passed uh, away when Joe was young. Joe's mother, Chris, later married Bob Kitchen. And after Joe graduated from high school, he lived in Indianapolis, Lafayette, Florida, and he later moved back to Indianapolis. From that point, most of us know how to fill in the rest of Joe's dash. A couple weeks ago, I stopped by for one of my daily visits with Joe, and he was eating a piece of chocolate mousse cake. Walking down the hall, I was following him to make sure he'd make it okay, and he's walking down with a fork in his hand and going down that hallway, closing those blinds because it was getting dark. And that reminded me of a story. It reminded me of the lady that uh, had passed, and at her viewing, the uh, people that came noticed that she had a fork in her hand. Baffled by this, they asked the pastor, why does she have a fork in her hand? The pastor smiled and said while she was growing up, they had large dinners, and to hold on to your fork, because something better was coming, your dessert. So as in life, as we pass, she wanted the fork to represent that the best is yet to come. The dash to me means love. Being one of the lucky ones, I never worked with Joe. <laughs> he always had a great and a giving heart. One night a few weeks ago in the hospital, he was struggling for words. And he kept saying, I don't know how to do it. I says, Joe, what can't you, what don't you know how to do? He said, I don't know how to tell my friends that I love them. And I told him, Joe, all your friends know that you love them. He was known many things through the years. Joey, Joe, Joseph, brother, mother, hen, and some I cannot repeat in this house of God. <laughs> it's amazing how this one man was able to bring all of us together 
who have ne may never have met of the love of this man and of his fellow man. Joe and I have been friends for 43 years. Our parents all belong to the American Legion. We would visit the veterans at the Indiana Veterans Home in West Lafayette and help with the Legion Day at Indiana Soldiers and Sailors Children's Home in Knightstown, Indiana. This is where he learned his love and passion for life and people. He could make anyone feel welcome whenever they would step into any bar that he worked. Joe, as most people know, was a hard person to get to know, but once you were within his fold, you were a friend for life. One thing I know that he would like for everyone to take from your friendship with Joe is love one another and don't be afraid to say, I love you. Jeff, Cindy, David, and I can attest that Test of this love. We have been blessed by Joe to be a big part of his life, especially on the final days. I too will miss you, my friend, my brother. I love you, my friend. Rest in peace. First off, I wanted to thank everyone for coming out to celebrate Joe today. Joe asked me to say a few words at his memorial when it came time for it. Most of you know Joe and I uh, worked together at English Ivy. Unlike a lot of you, I've uh, didn't get. I've only had been fortunate enough the last few years to get to know Joe. Uh, but in those years, he's made a really big impact on my life. <sighs> Sorry. I didn't come out until like later on in my 20s, and I wasn't too involved in the gay scene, quote-unquote gay scene, and Joe knew that, so he took it upon himself to kind of really befriend me and teach me more about what it really meant to be part of a community and a family away from your actual family. <sighs> he constantly would remind me that people my age and are the future of our community, as in the gay community. And he saw that the younger and younger LGBT youth in our community were getting more and more unaware of people his age, what his, people his age and his generation fought for. And he wanted to make sure that I knew what the older generation fought for and to carry it through and let people our age in this community know what everyone did fight for and the sacrifice they made. So in that aspect, Joe, somewhat became a mentor and one of my best friends the past few years. <sighs> Over the past few years, yeah, he became one of my best friends and from us hanging out at his house when he was too sick to go out to our more uh, seedy conversations at English Ivy's. But I'll save that for later on at English Ivy's for those stories. I told him, I was like, don't be a dick and make me talk at your funeral. I'm not really good with public speaking, so. Joe is a wonderful and meaning member of this community, and especially to me the past few years. And 
no matter what, Joe always just wanted everyone to make feel comfortable, like in their own skin, and he did that for me. He was a great friend. And he mentors me, and I will really, really miss him. I know the, the rest of you guys will too. Thank you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let not your heart be troubled. This is what Jesus tells us in today's Gospel. Yet it's hard not to be troubled when we are at the funeral of a dear man, known and loved by so many, a man who is a joy to be with, a bright light to so many of us in our community, whether at the Varsity or the Ten, at JJ's or English Ivy's. A man who was until so recently so very vibrant and alive. At the end of the service, we will commend Joe with these words, you are dust and to dust you shall return. All of us go down to the dust, yet even at the grave we make our song, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Those can be hard words to say. They can be hard words to believe right after someone we love dies, especially someone as young and well-loved as Joe. During the last months of Joe's life, I was astonished at the number of you who came to me separately to tell me about him. A few of you asked me to go visit and pray with him, which I did. And I found a man who, though facing death, was joyful, was at peace. A man who was so, so grateful for the life he had lived, for his beloved dogs, Linus and Lucy. And mostly, mostly for all of you, for all of you who he's gotten to know over the years, you who are his family, of friends who had loved him so well and whom he loved so dearly. During his final illness, I was also astonished by how beautifully his friends cared for him, whether by becoming his power of attorney or buying groceries for him but leaving them on the porch so he wouldn't be embarrassed by allowing Joe to keep doing what he loved, bartending at Ivy's whenever he felt well enough to do it. I learned that some of you helped spring him from the nursing home at the end of his life <laughs> so that he could do what he wanted, spend his last days at home with his dogs. But that meant that some of you had to take time off from work to take care of Joe. And others of you were there after work and spent the evening with him while others spent days with him to make sure he wasn't alone. 
And that tells me just about everything anyone would ever need to know about Joe Stewart. This was a man who inspired kindness and love. He inspired it in others because he himself was all kindness and love. Well, maybe not all kindness and love. <laughs> and after Joe died, five of you gathered in my office to plan the funeral, but we spent most of the time telling stories because you were clearly heartbroken at having lost one who had been woven throughout the fabric of your lives, whether for two years or almost 50 years. We told stories about one who it's hard to imagine living without. But the gift of a service like today and the reception that is to follow is that we tell these stories. We remember the one that we love so dearly and they are not lost. I often talk about how at my own mother's memorial service, I was so grateful to tell stories about her and to hear stories about her, to hear her name on other people's lips. Grateful for the readings and to sing the songs. Feeling really assured, not only that I would see her again in the life to come, but that death itself had not really separated us. For I came to learn that even across the chasm of death, my relationship with my mother continued, growing and changing, even improving. I was able to ask forgiveness for the things I had not done. I was able to extend forgiveness to her for the places where I had been disappointed. We all can do that after death. That is the gift that Christians have in the face of death, we know that the life of our loved ones has not ended, only changed. And that when we see God face to face, we will also see those we love. You see, death, death is a thief and a liar. It's a thief because it takes those we love. But even more, death is a liar because it tells us that those we love are gone forever. But I know, I hope we all know, that's not true. The bonds of death are never stronger than the lines of love that connect us one to another forever. The lines of love that you all have been casting out to Joe and among one another all these years. And death is not stronger than God who promises us, in my Father's house are many rooms. I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus prepared a place for Joe from the beginning of time. He's in God's house now, being received by God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And knowing that, knowing that we will see him again, that he is even now being ushered into one of the many rooms in God's house. We will, even at the grave today, be able to make our song, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.